Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is June 12th, 2020, which means I'm on day 181 in a row of 365 promised episodes that brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, food, sports, entertainment, and all things except politics. First off, folks, I got a shout out to a great friend of mine and a woman who at one point was like a mother to me and everyone at Applebee's when I worked there many years ago. Her name, Rebecca Pacheco. This gal just took care of us at Applebee's. I mean, she had good advice She knew how to work her ass off like nobody else, setting a great example for everybody else who worked there. And she just flat out was a kind and gentle woman. There's almost nobody out there who I respect as much as her, who I worked with at Applebee's. Happy birthday to you, madam. You deserve a fantastic day. I hope everything is perfect because that is how you made it when I worked with you at Applebee's so many years ago. I tell you, this lady is one of the best people I've ever met. Happy birthday. Hope it's great. Yay! Now, it wouldn't be right for me to have an episode today without bringing up Seattle's six-block autonomous zone. Yes, where protesters have shut down a six-block radius of downtown Seattle, which includes a police precinct, which is now vacant because all the police vacated the premise, premises on account of a shutdown of the entire six-block zone because of protesters not allowing anyone in or out. I do not understand what this is supposed to accomplish. It means absolutely nothing at this point. In fact, some people who are trying to perhaps, you know, get some sort of agreement between the police force and the protesters, actually brought up the fact that some of the policemen from that precinct happen to be black. Therefore, stopping them from being able to go to work or do their civic duties by protecting and serving the folks of that six-block radius is actually going against what they're supposed to be fighting for, which is Black Lives Matter. Now, I'm not a part of this. I have no idea what any of this even means or how to describe it or why you would shut off a six-block radius and claim that now the government has no control over that specific sector and that now it is no longer a part of the USA. It's a separate place. I mean, none of that makes sense. And when police tried to re-enter the precinct recently, they were stopped by armed guards who told them they could not pass, which to me just makes no sense again. You're also armed. You're the police. Push past them and get back your precinct and regain control of your city. None of this is making sense to me. It's not accomplishing anything. It's only causing mayhem and response times for the police force to triple in numbers on account of the fact that they can't come from that specific precinct with the supplies they need, receiving the calls that they needed to receive, and people who are in dire need of help from actual police 
can't get the help because of this six-block radius protest autonomous zone garbage. I have no clue what's going on in Seattle, but I sure hope it ends quickly. The PlayStation 5 reveal has happened, and the specs are fantastic, and the information surrounding it is not only surprising, but impressive, except the design itself kind of looks like a whale's mouth when it's shut, and it only shows the baleen or teeth of the whale, you know, it just kind of has a weird, wavy side thing to it, you can either stand it up, or lay it flat, depending on how you have an entertainment system set up. It still has the option of entering a disc if you buy games separately in disc form and download them to the PlayStation 5. However, it does require the game to be downloaded into the PlayStation 5 itself in order for it to play to ensure a smooth gameplay. It'll have a Blu-ray HD, Ultra HD capability, or you can purchase the PlayStation 5 with a digital version only, where you're just going to have to download everything online. They play the same, they look the same, except one does not have a disc space for you to put discs in. Now, there's also a cool thing about the controllers. The new PlayStation 5 controllers are white, and they sit in a dual controller charging station, in order to charge up, instead of your typical cord to the PlayStation itself and have to wait for a long time. and You know, it's, it's just more convenient to have the dual charging station. And there's a 3D headset for the PS5. Now, that does not mean there's a VR headset. No, I didn't say VR. 3D headphones that... For some reason, they're called 3D because they vibrate and you can hear stuff. I'm not sure how that makes anything three-dimensional, but I guess because of the vibrations in the headphones themselves, that's how it works. It also comes with the same controller options that the PlayStation 4 had with a microphone built into the controller, an auxiliary cable input built into the controller, and a touchscreen built into the controller, but not really a screen, a touchpad actually. Yes, a touchpad built into the controller as well. But the PS5 will have the option of a remote control like you would have for your TV if you choose to use it as a media station. You know, you want to watch movies on it, you want to watch TV, and you don't want to use a PlayStation controller to change up the channels and things like that. Well, now you're going to have an actual remote control. Now, I have heard that the PlayStation 5 is PSVR compatible. So if you have a PlayStation 4 virtual reality headset and system, then it should be able to just plug right in to your PS5. I don't know how that'll work because of the separate VR box that you have to plug into a USB connection where your controllers used to go in the PS4. But they do say the PS5 has a USB and USA, no USC, support system. So, in full capacity, the PlayStation has just, or the PlayStation 5 has just an incredible amount of memory, 
and download space and some pretty great games coming out also that cannot be matched by the Xbox. There's some exclusive PlayStation games that are going to be just incredible, including a new Oddworld, a new NBA, NBA 2K1, or NBA 2K21, and Resident Evil Village. An ode back to the old-style Resident Evils, and I am excited for this because I was fairly disappointed with Resident Evil 5, and I didn't pursue any further Resident Evils after that. So hopefully they're going to come back big time. And they even showcased a couple, you know, short videos of some of the games, including one that's a Spider-Man game called Miles Morales. And the game's backgrounds look so detailed and perfect. It is absolutely incredible. The level of sheer graphics that they're able to accomplish with this much memory. There's also a new Ratchet and Clank, and I'm not really into those games much, but from the look of it, I might just be. And Gran Turismo 7. At this point, it's getting so realistic, they might as well pull a car up to your house when you order this game and just let you go for a joyride. I mean, this is expected to be the standard for driving games, and I cannot wait PlayStation 5, ladies and gentlemen, out this winter for Christmas, and we are all going to have to save a ton of money in order to afford one, because it's going to be a high price, very high price tag. Comes with a camera as well. Well, I'm not sure if it automatically comes with this. These accessories, they haven't explained to us yet if the accessories all come in one giant bundle, or if they're going to be charged separately, which I'm pretty sure they will be, but the new PlayStation 5 camera is 8K capable. Yes, you've heard of 4K. Before that, it was HD. Before that, it was just, you know, 1080p. Before that, it was 720. You know, geez, how much further can we go? 8K on this new camera. I can't even believe it. So be prepared for killing your wallet and making yourself extremely happy with the PlayStation 5 out this winter. An MCU leak states that we will see Wolverine as a part of the Avengers perhaps as soon as Black Panther 2 from a tweet that a known source tweeted saying that we will see Wolverine get his new suit made out of vibranium from a character out of Black Panther 2. Which now means we may very well see Wolverine reintroduced into the Disney version of the MCU with Black Panther 2. Now that would kind of, I guess, make sense considering the fact that Wolverine was technically an Avenger. So to add him to the long list of awesome, new, and improved characters that they are busting out in the Disney's version of the MCU... I will have to side with a yes on this one and agree that that's a great choice. Now, I am not so certain that that will be the first 
member of the old Fox X-Men that will pop up in the MCU. Because as you may have heard, Quicksilver might be in WandaVision before the release of Black Panther 2 has a chance to introduce Wolverine. Either way, this is a great way to set up the Phase 5 portion of the MCU where the X-Men and the Fantastic Four and the Avengers all live in the same universe somehow. Now, in DC leaked news, yes, in the DCEU, we may soon see Henry Cavill battle Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yes, it seems as though we have not seen the last of Henry Cavill as Superman. We already know that the Snyder Cut of the Justice League is going to come out after everybody harassed and, you know, tweeted and petitioned that they wanted to see it so badly. So they're going to release the Snyder Cut of the Justice League, which should be fairly different from the one that was actually released and bombed big time. But that won't be the last of Henry Cavill that we'll see. Man of Steel 2 will possibly feature a cameo by Black Adam, or, even better, Shazam 2 may showcase a cameo by Henry Cavill as Superman. I mean, considering that there was a reference to him at the end of Shazam, the first movie, then Shazam 2, would it would make sense that the Man of Steel would come out. And it would make even more sense, as Black Adam originally is evil, when he gets introduced to the comics and the movies, to have Dwayne The Rock Johnson showcased or cameoed in some way in Shazam 2 to set up a battle between Superman and Black Adam, a.k.a. Henry Cavill and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Now, this could be an epic battle. Just imagine it. And just imagine not having to cover up Henry Cavill's stupid mustache and to allow him to just have it shaved off which would be much better than the weird crap we saw before. And just imagine The Rock with how jacked he is right now. And knowing that Black Adam the movie is coming out in, I believe, 2022, then with Shazam 2 coming out in 2021, we might only have to wait a year before we see Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Black Adam and Henry Cavill setting up a battle between the two. That would be awesome. Now I hope the rumors are true on all of this. I want to see I want to see Wolverine get introduced into the MCU. And I want to see Henry Cavill's Superman battle Black Adam more than you could possibly imagine. So let's keep our fingers crossed on this one. Well, folks, I didn't know we were in the shit before. Nothing added up to make me worried until now when Starbucks is set to close 400 of its locations in the next 18 months. 400. Now, we all think the economy's fine. Look at how Starbucks is always growing. You know, there's some things that you just assume will never stop expanding. Microsoft... You know, iPhones and Starbucks. Starbucks closing 400 stores in 18 months. That's a big letdown to a lot of people. 
Not to mention, the people now won't get coffee from those locations are going to be really tired. Starbucks has always been basically as far as you can go as a drug dealer without being illegal. Now they sell an addictive chemical called caffeine that everybody's obsessed with and some people can't even function without it and they legally do it across the entire globe. So to think that this company who has fast-tracked the sale of a legal drug so much so that there's Starbucks across the street from other Starbucks in some places. When I lived in Oregon, there's a shopping center called Tannisborn in, you know, right on the edge of Hillsborough and Beaverton. It's kind of where they connect. And in Tannisborn at one point, there was a grocery store called Hagen. And in that Hagen was a built-in Starbucks. And right around the corner from that was an actual full-scale Starbucks. And right around the corner from that was a drive through Starbucks. And right across the street from that was another grocery store called Vaughn's that had a built-in Starbucks. So there was four Starbucks in an area that I could walk from one to the other within two minutes or less. And that is how crazy it got at some point. So actually, getting rid of 400 Starbuckses won't even put a dent in their portfolio. And I don't even know why they would do this. It seems like there could not possibly be an unsuccessful Starbucks. Put it in the middle of nowhere. There's still people there. It's weird. Now, my brother said one time he was overseas in the military. And he was in you know, a third world country that was somewhat in the midst of a civil war. There was bombed buildings to the right of him. There was a street of dark alleys and corroded street signs and just terrible looking area to the left of him. But right smack dab in the middle was a brand new Starbucks. You'd walk in, everything was the exact same as it would be in America. You can get a Frappuccino, you can get yourself a changa bagel or whatever you want. And that is how Starbucks operates. They make sure each and every one of their stores is exactly the same in capability as all the others. So apparently these 400 stores must not have been as capable. You know, so uh, I mean, should we worry? Yes, because, you know, things are on a downturn in the economy if Starbucks is closing stores instead of building new ones. But I predict that they're just getting rid of the ones that are ridiculous, like the four in the same area that I described in Tannisborn, and, you know, cutting it down to one. So people, I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait in line. You're not going to instantly get your no-whip, non-fat, extra foam, you know, cappuccino, vanilla latte, soy milk, extra hot, you know, two cups, grande, mochaccino, all that crap. I personally, I don't even drink Starbucks coffee. I don't drink coffee at all. I, I just don't do it. It gives me insanely bad acid reflux all day, so there's no point in doing it. But I know a lot of people that are going to be sad if Starbucks starts closing their doors in some places. Now, I suspect that they have enough money 
to continue operating every other store other than the 400 they're closing for many years to come. But this just goes to show our economy's in the shitter because Starbucks is closing 400 in 18 months. Folks, it is time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast we have all been waiting for. And that is Real Stories brought to you by Peter Timothy Hankst and Barbecusion. Today, folks, I am going to tell you the story about when we met a man by the name of Fat Rob. I don't know how this guy even came into our lives, but all of a sudden it seems like every day we were hanging out with this dude, Fat Rob. This Mormon guy, he owned a Hyundai Elantra, and, you know, we went through phases of different people we would hang out with. And for the most part, it required them having a vehicle. If you had a car and you had a clean record, we would hang out with you until we destroyed you. And then you would go on and continue your life elsewhere. But the core group of friends that I had remained friends forever. And most of us had DUIs or just didn't have money for a vehicle. And that's why we would latch on to these new people and have them enter our group until we used and abused them and sent them on their way. But in the case of Fat Rob, this guy was different. He was hilarious, a fun time, and he knew a group of people that we had not exploited yet. Now, obviously, I sold weed during that time, so any new people I could meet, especially ones who were not seasoned and knowledgeable in the world of buying marijuana was a, a bonus for me. Because at, at the beginning, I could not really rip them off, but just not give them the same great deals that I give to my friends who knew the prices I would get and knew how much money I made off of weed and could talk me down because we were friends. But this new group of friends that tagged along with Rob, they were all Mormons, and I don't even know how we met them. But eventually, by the way, Rob was like severely overweight, but he also was a longboarder. So one time he longboarded down a hill and a cop pulled him over for breaking the speed limit. He was going so fast, he was going faster than the allotted speed limit for vehicles on a longboard. And they, they pulled him over. But that's beside the point. So Fat Rob and his Hyundai Elantra, he would drive us everywhere. He basically almost lived out of his car. I think his parents kicked him out at one point because they saw him changing when he began hanging out with us. Now, first he was clean cut, you know, well-shaven, a Mormon boy, went to church, all these things. After about a month of hanging out with us, hair grew out, sh never shaved his beard, smoked weed, drank alcohol, didn't listen to his parents anymore, and stopped going to church. Now, we were bad influences on other kids. I'm not going to lie. We were not great influences, but we weren't bad friends. We had Rob's back. You know, we were genuine friends with Rob. And he made a promise to specifically our friends Brandon Fenton and Nicholas Carver. Now, after a long summer of partying and, you know, accomplishing nothing in regards to becoming an adult, a lot of our parents at around age 19 were starting to tell us to figure something out or get out. You know, I personally had already moved out of my parents' house by the late age of 17, or you know, early 
time of 18, which was good because then I immediately got hit with a felony for marijuana. My parents didn't have to deal with that at all. But most of my other friends, they remained at home until they were 19, sometimes 20 or even 21. And it would only be their parents kicking them out that actually led to them moving out. And in the case of Nick Carver and Brandon Fenton, I don't think they had been kicked out yet, but they were on the edge with their parents of deciding what they need to take as the next step towards not living at home anymore because it just caused too much drama with the, with the fact that we were party animals to the highest degree. So Rob came up with an idea that he and my two friends would drive down to Cali where Rob's uncle owned a gigantic farm where they grew weed. Now, I don't know how Rob was such a greenhorn in the world of drug use when we met him and had somehow an uncle with a weed farm in Northern California. But regardless, I guess, being as we were good friends with Rob at that point, we'd hung out with him about a year, then they trusted his judgment. And his judgment was that they should jump on a Greyhound bus, roll all the way to NorCal, and Rob would have them laced up with jobs on this weed plantation 100%. They would have nothing to worry about, all the weed they could smoke, and they would be hanging out, chilling, just having a good time for like at least a year. So they all got it set up, and for the most part... Brandon and Nick didn't have much money, so they borrowed fundage from their own parents in order to get these Greyhound tickets with a promissory note attached to it that they wouldn't be back for a long time and they would be out there making tons of money. So they all rolled all the way down on Greyhound buses to this NorCal giant weed ranch, supposedly. And when they show up, Rob's uncle has no idea why his two friends are in tow. He asks him who these guys are and why they're with him and tells them that he has no idea they were coming, he has no jobs for them, and he has no way to support two additional people on his farm. Now, I don't know if Rob just wanted somebody to roll with him, but this was the biggest bitch move you could make. Now, not only was there no endless amounts of free weed to smoke, but there was no jobs for these guys, and there was no way for them to get back to Oregon. So they were stranded on this farm, for which they worked like maybe a week doing odd jobs and things that Rob's uncle was able to find them to do, until finally, with nowhere left to go and no work left to do for them, they had to beg their parents to pay for them to come back to Oregon and live with them once again. Now, the lesson to be learned here is pretty obvious. Long-term friends won't screw you. But when you meet a guy who you hardly know, who's willing to change his whole lifestyle to be a part of your group, and then convinces you to go to another state with him, chances are he's also bullshitting you about that. Because he bullshitted his parents and everyone else around him in order to simply fit into your group of friends. Rob, wherever you are, you screwed my homies, and for that, I do not respect you, sir. But we did have some good times, 
including a time where I watched him drink piss because somebody peed into a beer can and set it on a shelf, and Rob, in a drunken state, looked for every bit of alcohol left at a party he could find, including that same beer can, which he then drank the entire thing of before we told him it was pee. Thank you for listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today, folks. It means a lot to me to have the listeners just like you. They are important to me. I love each and every one of you, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Now, just like with Nick and Brandon coming back to Oregon, I'll be back there in August, and no matter where I live, no matter what I do, I'm always coming back home to you, Oregon, my sacred place of where I grew up. It means a lot to me, and to honor that, I'm going to play a song called Always Coming Back Home to You by Atmosphere. To all my killers and my hundred dollar billers. To emo kids that got too many He held the register open while he counted her change. I was next in line, which meant I was invisible. From where I stood, I could see that the till was full. He didn't look the type to play superhero, so I stepped forth and paid for my cigarettes. Crept out the store's front door to chase a little breath. Angles in my head, shake the song off Another manic Monday night, it's gonna be a long walk Car pulled up, a fixed up cutlass A woman and a child climbed out and left it running They went inside of the deli Placed an order with the extra dollar fifty bottled water Cause the daughter's picky When they came out, mommy gave me a glance That said man can love an angel but he's gotta take the chance Already knew the deal I lit one up and walked So they got back in their Oldsmobile Belted up and took off Thug love on the corner by the Walgreens Looking at me like I'm just another Another square saltine As I get closer I notice they showing each other sketches Out of their notebooks Reminding me of my old roots I walk past with a nod and a reminisce Swear to God Hip-hop and comic books was my genesis Respect the life and the fashions of the children It's the only culture I've got Exactly what we've been building All of a sudden I'm in front of some man No, he's a youngin But he's got a gun in his hand He looks 15 He looks frantic No, he looks afraid Immediately apprehensive Till I heard him say Do you want this? It's not mine I promise, I found it on my block in between a couple garages Didn't wanna leave it for a child to stumble over I don't even know how to hold it It was a 38, the poor man's machete Held it in my hand, thinking damn man it's heavier than expected Wedged it behind my belt buckle, knowing that it's evil Even thought that I could smell trouble The extra strength felt weak, but over there on the corner So what I needed and proceeded to cross the street Put the heat in a mailbox, to lose it Figured that the post office knows what's best to do with it Mosey down the road, thinking about the old I used to roam this zone through two feet of snow Right here, this used to be a record shop I've gotten love, I've gotten drunk, I've gotten beat up in that parking lot I've had my my Lake Street pride for three decades These alleyways and these street lights have seen my best days Before I was a germ learning how to misbehave All the way to the grave Southside is my resting place Took a ride on Lindale, I'm getting near But then the road became empty and the people disappeared The clouds ran away, opened up the sky And one by one I watched every constellation die And there I was frozen, standing in my backyard Face to face, eye to eye, staring at the last star I should have known, walked all the way home To find that you wasn't here I I was still all alone No matter where I am, no matter what I do I'm always coming back home to you They can leave me for dead, they can take away my truth I'm always coming back home to you Through the lies and the sins that ride the wind that blew 
I'm always coming back home to you As sure as the life in the garden that you grew I'm always coming back home to you No matter where I am, no matter what I do I'm always coming back home to you If only I had known what you already knew I'm always coming back home to you From the heaven I've had to the hell I've been through I'm always coming back home to you I'm always coming back home to you such a pleasure to to come home home because uh, I have a very special love for this city. With pretentious movie stars And it hit me, hit me Minnesota is dope If only simply For not what we have But what we don't It's all fair It ain't out there It's in there It's in the mirror Behind the breast Under the hair Follow the dream Doesn't mean leave the love Roam if you must But come home When you've seen enough I love New York and Cali But I ain't moving Too overpopulated Saturated with humans And I'm not big On rappers, actors, or models If I had to dip I'd probably skip to Chicago, none of this is to diss, no one, nowhere, like damn, I'm from Minnesota, land of the cold air, too many mosquitoes and a fair share of egos, but like my man Sabi says, that's where my mom so with that people laugh and giggle when you tell them where you live, say, say, and if you know this is where you wanna raise your kids, say, say, if you're from the Midwest and it doesn't matter where, say, say, can drink tap water and breathe the air, say, say, got trees and vegetation in the city, I stay, the rent's in the mail, and I can always find a parking space, the women outnumber the men two to one, got parks and zoos and things to do with my son, the nightlife ain't all that, but that's okay, I don't need to be distracted by the devil every day, and the jobs ain't really too hard to find, in fact, you could have mine if you knew how to rhyme, this is 
is for everyone around the planet that wishes they were from somewhere other than where they standing. Don't take it for granted. Instead, take a look around. Quit complaining and build something on that ground. Plant something on that ground. Dance and sleep on that ground. Get on your hands and knees and watch the ants walk around the ground. Make a family. Make magic. Make a mess. Take the stress. Fuel your motivation and build your nest. It sucks that you think where I'm from is whack. But as long as that's enough to keep your ass from coming back. And with a smile and a hint of sarcasm, he says, I beg your pardon, but this is my secret garden. So if the people laugh and giggle when you tell them where you live, say, and if you know this is where you want to raise your kids, say, say, if you're from the Midwest and it doesn't matter where, say, say, if you can drink tap water and breathe the air, say, say, if the playground is clear of stems and syringes, say, say, if there's only one store in your town that sells 12 inches, say, say, if no one in your crew walks around with a gun, say, say, and if you ain't gonna leave, cause this is where you're from, say, say, St. Cloud, Minnesota, Minnesota.